Love what you hear? Be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, and even our D&D adventure. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. We're jumping in with a hot topic, hot off the tamale, hot off the press, hot off the pavement if it's Australia and you can cook an egg on it. We are here with Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, just our first impression of it. So hot, I'm crying. That's my tears of this this So hot, it's like I'm visiting the Gorons, and it's really hot, and I have to have the armor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Excited to talk about this. We discussed, Alex and I discussed, just doing like a quick little first impressions. Neither of us have completed this game. You know, we're not like gaming journalists, so we don't get advanced copies or anything like that. We got it on day of release, which was a week ago today, as of the Mm -hmm. publishing of this episode. And thought it'd be fun to just kind of talk about kind of what our first thoughts on the game are, what we've experienced so far. Yeah, because you and I have been texting back and forth and realized we're playing the game in a very different way, which yeah. is one of the cool things about Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. The only other game for me that rivals the need to explore, the kind of like wow factor on a lot of places is Elden Ring. In that same way of exploring and running into certain enemies or bosses and, and things along that nature and allowing you to explore whatever way you want. And I think that's what really drew me into Breath of the Wild when that first released. Sure. And then knowing like Tears of the Kingdom has to be that next play. Sure. And I think that they've done such a great job. I think that they knew they took all the things that people love from Breath of the Wild, especially when it came to. Uh, freedom and creativity and they just amplified that for tears of the Mm -hmm. kingdom and that's what really led to those those conversations between you and i where it's like you and i up to this point have played two entirely different games yeah in the breath of the wild legend of zelda world in hyrule in that era and so i think that's really interesting and really just showcases off the bat like what this game really can be all its potential Yeah, because one of the biggest differences between you and I, or at least me in terms of open world games, is for some reason, and I guess it's a want to never finish the game in a way, to never let that experience end, I never play mainline quests. Skyrim, even like The Witcher. These games, especially that fantasy element of them, I just never follow that mainline story. So in Legend of Zelda, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, very much like the other ones, there's different dungeons you'll go through, different temples, things like that. that you have to kind of save Hyrule. I have not done one yet, but I've sank so many hours in this full week of just doing the side quests, of doing the different shrines, of finding different people, finding those little roadside interactions. That some of my, those are some of my favorite little quests of just those random little guys that you'll find that are just so much fun and keep me wanting to explore and explore and explore. And that's what Breath of the Wild was was really all about and why it was so fun mm-hmm. just a great open world game again you know got all those map comparisons to other previous open world games and was like this this nice big large map especially for a zelda game comparing it to like ocarina of time and how big that felt at the time 
um, and all these these really cool things that came from it, all the experimentation that people were able to do in the shrines they didn't have mm-hmm. before. But I'm curious, you know, on that note, I think that the biggest criticism for people is going to be that Tears of the Kingdom shares too many similarities with Breath of the Wild. But on that note, there were so many people that loved Breath of the Wild and I think wanted more of that. But because they share gameplay styles, there are certain things that subvert your expectations in Tears of the Kingdom. And on that note, what were some things that you did in Breath of the Wild? I mean, how did you play that game compared to Tears of the Kingdom? So I'm going to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. I don't want to jump into some of the main points, but some of the things I want to talk about are the game mechanics themselves. So both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, you have a tablet of sorts that will allow you to control certain powers. So in Breath of the Wild, you had like the ice powers, the bombs, stasis, and other ones that would allow you to control the environment around you. Now, Tears of the Kingdom, being the technically first sequel, direct sequel, Majora's Mask was kind of a sequel. This one overall is direct sequel coming from our last game. Yeah. And it changes those up, um, which for a lot of people is a positive and a negative. So your different powers are adjacent-esque to some of the ones from Breath of the Wild, but have shifted up that gameplay, making you more able to customize your experience right like it went from you you used to be able to move specifically metal objects now you can Mm -hmm. move a lot of various objects yes yeah and and those those weights have stayed so you can craft kind of like different little vehicles or craft different like rafts to float under the waters to to solve different problems and i think overall that has shifted my experience because in Breath of the Wild, you had some of that more in the t- terms of like riding your horse or like using the like octoballoons to float up a platform or using a Korok leaf to blow a ship or blow enemies off, off a cliff. You have some customization in Tears of the Kingdom, whether it is combining weapons or combining some of the relics from this past Hyrulean civilization to form these like modern-esque vehicles. Um, has has shifted a lot. And I, I don't want to jump in the story, but I want to jump into what's happened to Hyrule. And we see it in the trailer, Tears of the Kingdoms, you dive off this kind of sky island, while Hyrule has kind of been broken up into the ground level, but also this sky island level. And for me, that shift is enough to change up the map of Hyrule that I don't feel like I'm visiting any of the same locations that I did in Breath of the Wild. Sure, and and... And as you get a little deeper into the game, you know, and especially when you get on that main quest line, and I say this because you and I have have really done this very differently, where I feel like mm-hmm. I went directly main campaign and you did not. Yeah. You do start to see a little bit of familiarity with that, but it's still different. They still do yes. a good job of making it different. And I would compare it to sort of how Pokemon Red and Blue went into Gold and Silver. And you still went and you were still visiting Kanto in the same way, but some things mm-hmm. had changed, you know, yes. and, and for reasons in that game, it was like programming, size, file, you know, things like that, that they had to shrink some things down. Um, in this, it's just that there, there's changes to the world that I think they needed to make to make things challenging again. 
to make sure that you weren't just repeating the same things. And so it subverts a lot of expectations in that regard. One of the things that I guess I really wasn't prepared for, and one of the biggest changes that I think they made was in the first game, climbing was such a massive aspect of Breath of the Wild. Now, one of your powers is teleporting through things above you. Mm -hmm. And so where you used to have to climb up to a ledge and then rest on the ledge and then climb again, now you can just like teleport up. And that's a whole new mechanic as well that makes climbing entirely different. And in some cases, really like less tedious, which I appreciate a lot. Yes. And it, and it allows for really cool explorations that you may not see. Like if you're in a cave system, you may be like, hmm, is there anything above this? And you might find like a little crack that's noting, oh, there is some secret above this. Or on certain platforms, being able to like just immediately go up. And it lends itself to that Sky Island idea of kind of that ascension building up to it. And so, yeah, one of those powers being teleporting or like traversing through terrain above you as long as you have like clearance to hit it and there's nothing directly directly above it right has been fantastic and there's a lot of puzzles to solve with that and it has because climbing in and of itself can be a tedium and there's still plenty of things you have to climb um they have not gotten rid of that right <laughs> but right it allows yeah, and i'm not trying to say that but what i what i think is cool about that is so all these things, let's say you had climbed them in Breath of the Wild. It's like, oh, do I really want to climb the same thing again? Do I really want to have to relearn the same map? Well, you're not. You are in the same world, sure, but like to your point of it doesn't feel like it. Well, there's a reason for that. There's been a lot of landscape changes, but then there's also mm -hmm. a totally different approach to how you traverse the land through these powers, which yep. I think... A lot of people are going to be critical of this game sharing a lot of the same data, but because they made those changes, it gives that new, fresh approach. That's the thing. And there's, like you said, there's plenty of stuff that's the same. I've just been in Zora's domain. It's the same. It's the same layout, but it, should, it shouldn't be different. I think that's the thing that people are struggling with with Legend of Zelda games. Almost every game is totally different. The map is 100% different. Powers are different. Weapons and power-ups you get are different. Yep. They've done so well, in my opinion, on this. I feel like I'm exploring all these things anew. Again, mm -hmm. Zora's Domain is the same, but there's different issues with it. And there's different ways you have to traverse around it. And they've done so well with the idea of like, hey, this is the same link. We know you. We know of you. And we can help you out with certain aspects of your adventure because you don't have to like prove yourself to us like you do in every other legend of zelda game because you're becoming the hero this is the hero not necessarily fallen but and not forgotten but just struggling and trying to re trying to find zelda with what's happened right that's a great point because it is always this you're just a normal kid in Ocarina of Time, you're growing up as a village kid. People know you're kind of different, but they don't know that you're the hero of time, mm -mm. right? And then same thing with, like, Skyward Sword. You know, you're going to school or whatever as part of these, like, sky people. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're, like, the hero of time. You're a little special, but nothing like that, nothing crazy like that. And then in this, everyone knows, like, Link is the champion. Link is the yes. champion of the champions. 
You know, we need him. He went missing. We need to go find him right now because he is our only hope. And that's a really cool aspect to the game as well because you're absolutely right. The interactions with people are totally different. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad that you're safe. We could really use your help with this thing. Let me lend my resources to you because I know that you're going to need them. And that's yeah. something that I've definitely never experienced in a Legend of Zelda game before, and it's really interesting. And on the topic of resources, that's something that I've found really different in Tears of the Kingdom, where you're solving all these things now. I almost feel like if you go into places without the specific resources, where in Breath of the Wild, I feel like there was always some sort of failsafe, where it's like, okay, you didn't bring this thing that you really kind of need. Well, you can still piece together some other way to get up here. I almost feel like in this one, no, you need to like prepare ahead a lot more. Um, they, they made a much bigger deal out of the materials in this game. Mm-hmm. And they added that quick menu where you can scroll through all your materials. It's a little long, I think, because there are so many materials. But learning about all these new interactions that you have to utilize that you get little tips from the people leading up to the areas that you need them. Sure. And sometimes they'll give you a few extra. So you're not totally unprepared, but mm-hmm. like once you start getting into like the toward the temples and trying to traverse these other landscapes in these new ways, like if you didn't prepare ahead of time, the game is not just challenging, but I think probably impossible you have to almost backtrack and go and restock up on supplies and then go try again. I mean, I'm a materials hoarder, so I didn't really have that problem, but I definitely ran into a few areas where it's like, man, I really wish that I had like a bomb to use right now that I don't sure. have. So let me think of something else to do. Yes, it's it's very much like I'm over by uh, the volcanoes and one of the portions is like, hey, it is unbearable. But they still show you on what to do. And they're like, you have to do this. Like, there's fireproof lizards around. You gotta make a fireproof potion. Otherwise, you cannot do this thing. And so I love that in terms of being a tutorial, in a way, or at least a hint system, Mm -hmm. that's not like, Derek, you must turn back now because you cannot advance. It's more like, you will be punished if you do not have this. And it threads such a great line between being an adult playing this game and having fun with it, but also being a kid, maybe this is your first Zelda game. And like, it is challenging, but it's like, cool. It's rewarding me on bringing these materials and trying these things out. And you even have some of that in Zoro's domain. Like when you enter, you have to have a certain material. Otherwise you straight up can't do anything. Yep. And there's still plentiful around that area that's maybe outside of Zoro's domain or outside of, you know, the volcano. And you got to collect it and spend some time doing it. And once you have it, you do set reward with it. Yeah, it's it's definitely something where I almost, I felt a few times where because there are so many different ways to get to places that sometimes you can almost a little too easily get yourself into a situation that maybe you're not quite supposed to be in. Um, they give <laughs> yes. you so many items and interactions and it's like all of a sudden you're up on some high platform and you haven't gotten um you know the 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 uh ability to like glide away 
And it's like, okay, well, yeah, like, how do I get out of this situation now? Because I'm going to keep, like, falling and loading back up on this platform. There's been a few times where I got real, real stuck in a place that I thought I was doing all the right things and getting Mm -hmm. to a place that I needed to get to. And then when I got to a point where I couldn't go any further, I was like, oh, no, now what? Now what do I do? And so they've leaned really heavily into this free-flowing concept that I think existed in Breath of the Wild if you wanted it to, but it didn't have to. Now it's like with the the ability to build build things with the little goo that you have, which Mm -hmm. if you played Luigi's Mansion 3... I'm pretty sure it's the same goo as gooey. <laughs> it's like the exact same gooey looking green substance. So every mm-hmm. time I, I think about Luigi's Mansion 3, but <laughs> it's it's really like you you can go into these shrines now and you have to build things very frequently. But the mm-hmm. way that you build things, you have so many different options. And it's like a very abstract how do I see these shapes going together? I can experiment with them a little bit, but I've done a lot of different things Yeah, in those shrines. And I think the shrines are more challenging. They're more mentally stimulating in that regard, where the, the, the straightforward path isn't necessarily there for you. And you have to just experiment with a bunch of different things. And where I was running through most shrines in Breath of the Wild in a few minutes, there have yeah. been way more in this one that I'm spending. 15, 20 minutes on, just trying to figure out different things and how they work together, trying to explore and get to the the chests and things like that. Yeah, because there's so many different solutions that they're allowing with it now with the different powers that you have with the shrines. And yeah, going back real quick, talk about somewhat soft locking, depending on not having things. So the paragliders back in this game, I skipped it, not knowing I skipped it. And <laughs> The two things that told me it was in the game, one, I went to a shrine that was using one of these like stabilizer guys you can get and you go like teleport through it. And then I'm like, yeah. cool, I did that. Well, there's a giant gap between this and the next one. I was like, yeah, what do I, what do I do? <laughs> and, it, and I was like, okay, I guess I can't do this one yet. And then the other one is uh, you'll visit Impa and Impa is out in a field. Um, and her hot air balloon is broken and you, you fix it and you go up in the sky <laughs> yeah. with her and she's showing you a, a landscape thing. And she's like, hey, I'm just going to chill up here so you can go ahead and take your paraglider down. I'm like, what do you mean paraglider? Do you have <laughs> one for me? And so I was like, what do I do? And so I, I had to do this portion of the game, but it was either fall out and die or I was like, hold on. I fixed this balloon with my goo, didn't I? And so you can actually like, shake your shake your your right stick and like break the goo so i grab the balloon and i break the glue and it's a pretty great like kind of hidden thing really Impa's like i'm falling and <laughs> you fall to the ground with her and she's like okay we survived and i was like okay so they've at least put in something yeah in case you don't have the paraglider because i was like i was so stumped because i was stuck up there every time i died i was up there and i'm like what do i do i don't have a paraglider i have it no was... way down it was such an interesting choice because in Breath of the Wild, they out of the tutorial area right away, they're like, all right, get this paraglider so you can go to the rest of Hyrule now. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, it's like you can go down and you can go and do whatever you want. You don't necessarily have to go and get that. And they don't even really hint toward 
like once you go to this place, you will get the paraglider. It's just oh, yeah. like it just kind of happens. Yep. So I could very easily see you or anybody else skipping that. But was so funny is like you texted me, I think the day of or the day after you're like, I don't know if it's me being an old man gamer now or what, but it, this game is really hard for me. Is this really <laughs> yes. hard for you? Yes. And that was all the information I had to go on. And for me, like it was a little harder because I was getting trapped in those areas uh, in the tutorial world where I think I was getting to places I wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. And that's where maybe my experience in Breath of the Wild hurt me more than it helped me. But for you, you were just like straight up going into like, Areas you're not supposed to get into until you're like 30 hours into the game and yep. fighting all these very difficult monsters. It's like, yeah, that probably was a very hard game for you to be well, playing versus because the one that happened, I was playing. What happened was I get to the town where you're going to get your paraglider and you're going to get the, the, the Hyrulean clothes. So you actually have armor. But I started the quest line, went to where I was supposed to go. I'm dumb. Didn't think to climb or try to my powers. So I was like, you know what? This is probably like a later quest. Maybe it's setting it up for like an end game style quest. Like a lot of games will do that where it's like Skyrim, you got to fight Anduin. You got to do this stuff eventually. And so I'm thinking that. So I start exploring and I'm fighting like the super high end mobs and I'm dying in one hit. I'm like, dude, they made this like Dark Souls. Like this is insane now. Like I'm getting hit once and I'm gone. Well, I finally went to one of the towns. I did the full quest line of everything. And in it, they finally opened up the clothing shop when you finish the full quest line. Sure. And I was like, oh, cool. They have armor here. So that's where I first bought the Hyrulean armor stuff. Like the first set you're supposed to buy anyway in the first town, they had it there. And I was like, oh, is that that's the one how you get with like the hood and the, yes, the purple the hood. pink thing? Yeah. It's the first armor set you'll buy in the lookout town. Okay. Yeah. With like the three rating on each of them. Yeah. And so they had that, because I guess every town has it until you buy it. And so I was like, oh, cool, <laughs> they have it here. Finally, yeah. armor. Because I had just been using the like basic stuff you get on the starter island, which is only like a two rating. Yeah, I can't believe that you did that. I mean, the game... So I think that the game's combat is still challenging even once you get that stuff, mm-hmm. which is good. Because I think yes. that was a pretty common complaint of Breath of the Wild, that the the first game and really like this is a legend of zelda problem is that at the beginning of every legend of zelda game you have three hearts and Mm -hmm. you die very quickly and then as the game goes on and you get more hearts and stuff you can afford to make mistakes and the game actually gets a little easier it's like a reverse difficulty and i've talked about that before on the other legend of zelda podcast but like in this one, I feel like even once you get the armor and, and things like they do scale up, obviously, with the darker, different colored enemies that are more difficult. Mm-hmm. But they've, I think, found a good balance between challenging and too easy, which was such a huge complaint of Breath of the Wild. And then the master mode was insanely difficult. I don't know if you ever really got into that. But it's like if you weren't hitting enemies constantly, they would start regenerating health. Mm-hmm. And it was impossible at a certain point because you're fighting like silver, gold enemies. I don't actually remember what colors they were, but way more difficult enemies in the master mode to begin with. And on top of that, you have to constantly be hitting them in order to actually defeat them. 
So I feel like they sort of heeded that advice and and made it to where the enemies, they do significant damage. You can get one shot killed even after mm-hmm. you get a decent amount of hearts oh, um, yeah. at the beginning of the game, which I think is a good thing. They took on that idea, the, the idea that Dark Souls and you know, the Soulsborns into to Eldering has where like it is frustrating getting hit by enemies and kind of dying in one or two hits. But having the satisfaction of being able to defeat those enemies. And then as the game progresses, those enemies that were harder for you to kill because you had worse weapons are now a little easier. And that satisfaction builds in. And it's it's very much that idea of like hard work pays off. Yeah. You don't want to be handheld through the whole game or make it too easy. And I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. Even though I died a million times from not having armor and being in the wrong places, <laughs> it was still so satisfying to then approach it in different ways. Where it's like, hey, I'm going to use some of these new implements they have in the game. I'm going to use my bow and some of these other ingredients to try and make these bombs or these fire arrows to kind of screw with them. Or knowing that all of these enemies die in water, I'm going to fight them by this river and try and launch them into the river to take them out. And coming up with these creative ways to do it have been so much fun. Like one one of the most satisfying ones I've had was I was going to this like dilapidated town and one of the quote unquote bosses they have now is like these armies. So you're going to be fighting like 10 of them and it, the whole army has a health bar. So you have to take them out. So what I did was like gathered them around this arrow they all saw and then fired a bomb arrow right there and like eight of them flew off the bridge. And it was just such a satisfying moment. And it's hard to find games that allow you to experiment and try and find what works and what doesn't. And at times be super rewarded, other times be super punished. And there's very few games like I said, other than really Elden Ring and this line of Legend of Zelda, that does it for me. Yeah. No, that's a really great point. Because they're really, like, you can sort of lead them to certain ways. You can whistle. So then mm-hmm. they come, you know, looking for you, and you can, like, try and hide and run and get out of there. Or you can, like, go and charge them head on. I think you get punished a lot more for charging them head on in this one than you used to. Yeah, which again, I I think is a good thing because I think that the the combat just needed a little bit of an added difficulty and as well, you know, at Breath of the Wild at the beginning, I feel like there wasn't really an enemy group at first that you couldn't face. But I've mm-hmm. definitely had to skip some enemies just going on this main path line cuz like I'll look and see a Lionel and I'm like, "Oh no. It's it's too early. That's a black Lionel. <laughs> I have three hearts." I cannot do that right now. And so just seeing that stuff early on and knowing like I have to skip that for right now cuz really in Breath of the Wild you 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 have that one Lionel that you like have to fight basically. Yes. Um when it comes to the water temple and the game had sort of held your hand up to that point of like you need to go to this place and fight these people and Tears of the Kingdom does that too where they sort of try to lead you to a certain place as long as you sure. Do it like I do it, not like you did it, where <laughs> you do go to that first town and talk to some people before you just run out into the abyss, into the world. But on that path still, there are things that you have to avoid and things that you learn. And I think that that's great. And I think that's what Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom really do well, is giving you the freedom to explore and experiment 
and do whatever you really want to do deep down, but not in a way to where you're totally, totally, totally lost. Mm-hmm. I do think Tears of the Kingdom is more reminiscent of classic Zelda games in that puzzle-wise, you're not given a lot yep. at all. And so if you were like a lot of, I think, older Zelda fans where you felt like some of these newer games were a little bit too handholdy, I think Tears of the Kingdom steers back closer to not quite of the era of Ocarina of Time and prior where it's a, a lot less information, but it does mm-hmm. sort of, I think, turn back toward that. Yeah, I would say in summation, if you're on the fence about getting this game, whether you played Breath of the Wild or not, I'd have to recommend it. I mean, as of where I am right now, I, I'm probably 20, 25 hours into this game, and I still have not scratched the surface, as Derek had said. I haven't touched any of the temples. I haven't really done any of those things yet. I've just been exploring, finding little Korok seeds, finding the different shrines, and just enjoying the environment of it. And I think one of the biggest criticisms people had of Breath of the Wild was sometimes they felt the landscape was large, but empty at times. Yeah. I have not really felt that in Tears of the Kingdom. I think they've divvied up the landscape enough that there are wide swatches of it, but they now have like roving bandits, basically. They have some flying creatures you have to fight. They have a bunch of different Koroks and temples and shrines and all this other stuff you have to find that has really improved upon that. Pick it up. It's so worth it. It is such a fun game. The way that they're telling the story in this one is so cool, in my opinion. And it's more on that adult theme of it. In in terms of like, it's not like, oh, we're all good and bad. It's just, it's good. It, it, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I think that they're doing a good job of connecting to Breath of the Wild in the story, but mm-hmm. not rehashing too many of the same details. It still yes. follows that typical Zelda path. Like, it's yeah. not totally breaking the Zelda mold. And I don't think that you really want it to. But it's no. doing it in a way to where they're building this consistent history now within this specific kingdom. Whereas you said earlier, it's like before, it was a whole new world, a whole new everything. It's like, yeah, I know these are Hylians, and I know that these are the Gorons and all these different people, sure. But you're meeting them again for the first time. Now it's like, there's still these ties, but there are also new characters, and there's new mm-hmm. abilities, and there's new, like, friendships and and things whereas you know like before you had the champions well now you know the champions we see what happened to them at the end of the breath of the wild like we don't need their help anymore but we still need help so mm-hmm. you know how is all that stuff going to play out and i also love um skyward sword did a great job of telling the origin of all this stuff and i think that this game you can kind of see what nintendo's doing right where they're releasing these older games back on switch and then i think taking little pieces of them and implementing Mm. them in these new games and so the sky is a big part of this legend of zelda well we just had skyward sword come out so there's a lot of similarities there if you if you played the remastered skyward sword you're getting Mm -hmm. some of those details and tears of the kingdom and i think that that's really cool 
I've gotten only through that first temple so far. Uh, really loved it. I think some good, interesting gameplay, not super overall challenging, but interesting enough, and especially lore-wise, adds a ton, which which I love. Yeah, I, I think it's it's well worth a pickup. It takes... It doesn't feel like Breath of the Wild, but when it does, it's the good portions it's taken from it. It still feels like a game that stands on its own. I recommend it. Pick it up. If you do pick it up, let us know. Let us know what you're liking and not liking about it, because for me, in a world of AAA titles failing on launch and being basically the beta test for everybody, Nintendo does such a great job, for the most part. Pokemon's, you know, a little on the side right now. But when it's a Nintendo-specific studio doing it, it is such a great packaged game that's hitting these 10 out of 10s already. It's going to keep getting a lot of these 10 out of 10s. It's probably going to be game of the year. I don't know what else even rivals it at this point. So I'm very excited to see kind of the, the Zelda revival and see people jumping back into the world of Hyrule again. For sure. I, I definitely, I recommend picking it up it as, picking it up as well. I know that there are a lot of people that were sort of more patient with Breath of the Wild, played it, didn't really love it as much, didn't get all the hype. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're not going to like Breath of the Wild, I don't think that you'll really like this game either. But um, if you liked Breath of the Wild, I think that there is enough familiarity and enough new stuff in Tears of the Kingdom that you will absolutely love Tears of the Kingdom. Right now, it's really all that I can think about. I constantly want to be playing it. I have stopped myself, <laughs> yes. you know, to live an adult life. But hey, that's that's the way it goes, right? Absolutely. So if you're living your best non-adult life or adult life, go play it, go enjoy it, and let us know what you think. Absolutely. This has been great. I'm excited to finish it up. We'll be talking about it in Discord some more, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Now that Alex is um, out of the uh exploring everything phase i'm sure there'll be lots of new and exciting things for you to discover we'll see i might just find all the koroks first (laughs) (laughs) all right guys let us know i'm your host derek and i'm your host alex the hylian hero (laughs) we'll see you guys bye